0: I think that, you know, the insurance industry has traditionally treated customers in kind of large groups or kind of very one product for large groups of people. And I think hyper personalization just reflects a need in the market and a technological capability that comes with it to tailor product to the actual customer situation or the actual customer needs so that in essence, and we're seeing this over kind of a long period of time, the idea is to use data, use information, use technology to calibrate the product, its features, its capabilities, its offers to the actual needs of the customer. Because as customers continue to evolve into almost segments of one You know, we see the insurance industry, frankly, lagging in its capabilities and ability to kind of meet that challenge. This is something that has only come about or has become possible
1: through the adoption of technology, though, isn't it?
0: I think that uh, the finding in the report that to me was the most striking was the finding on usage-based insurance, particularly in the, the motor segment. So if you think about it, I've always perceived, and I think a lot of people have perceived, usage-based, pay-as-you-drive, pay-per-mile type insurance as being kind of a leading-edge product. You know, in our survey of customers, you know, we found a, for the first time, a majority of customers desiring it. As a consequence of COVID, I read... um, This last week, that for one of the large US carriers, they'd experienced a 30%, you know, take up rate, increase in take up rate for their usage based car insurance, motor insurance product. You know, that's just one example. I think that there, you know, there's many other examples of of the ways in which technology, so a device that knows how much you're driving how the data that a device like that throws off can be critical to both pricing risk, but also to shaping the kinds of coverages and their applicability.
1: What you've described, you mentioned, obviously, the pandemic that we're all facing at the moment, COVID-19. What you're describing is is something else that's a, a phrase that's used in the report quite significantly, and that is the millennial mindset. Are we all turning into millennials now? We, we're, we're all getting to grips with managing our relationships uh, and customers are managing their relationships with insurers in different ways.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I mean, we've, you know, we do these reports every year and when you do these reports and you do customer surveys, you always take sort of predictable slices and see differences. And one of the slices that we've always taken is, you know, millennials and, and what we call digitally savvy. So, you know, we take the millennials and some of the the older people who indicated a particular facility with technology, and you would see differences in terms of their buying behaviors. You'd see differences in terms of channels that they use. And, you know, the predictive validity of those slices evaporated in this report. So no longer makes sense, you know, to look at millennials, you know, in the context of digital enablement and say that they're a different group you know, we've all become digitally enabled in a sense. And I think that that's a very important finding because, you know, insurers have typically, you know, taken kind of a watch and see attitude toward millennials because, you know, they don't own as much, you know, they weren't perceived of as being kind of insurance ready yet. But the reality is that these digital channels are meaningful for everybody, regardless of age. And as a consequence, it's clear in the report that the insurers are behind the expectations of their digital customers. So, you know, I grew up in this industry and I always, you know, had this vision that, or this notion that, well, you've got your digital customers and then you've got your agent broker customers. And if you're talking to a company that relied almost exclusively on agent broker, well, then digital is significantly less important. What this report shows is that even the folks who rely on agents and brokers are heavily engaged in the digital channel, either using social media to get product recommendations from people they know, or or researching products on the web, or doing those kinds of things. So the kind of blind trust in that agent broker channel has evaporated, and it's much more of a multi-channel information-seeking experience. Very important, I think, for insurers to, to react to that accordingly.
1: And are they reacting to it? Is this something that's good for the insurance industry or going to be bad for the insurance industry as it currently
0: exists? To a certain extent, you know, the report, which was largely done prior to the COVID crisis, indicates that they kind of a little, still a little slow on the uptake. And so you'll see that, for example, the carriers we spoke to didn't place a tremendous amount of importance on their public facing website as a sales and information channel. I think that with insurers, you know, in essence being forced to distribute absent face-to-face contact, that there will be an increased importance put on the digital channel. And and we have some other research that we did kind of post-COVID that, that indicates that as customers are reacting to the crisis, the importance of digital channels and apps and things like that becomes more important. The other key finding in the report to... You know, kind of a wake up call for the industry is another question that we've asked multiple times. And that's around kind of what I call non insurance players and their ability to offer insurance products. But we asked about big tech, we asked about product manufacturers like auto OEMs, and you see there as well an increased willingness of the customer to embrace these non-traditional insurance manufacturers, if you will. And in that context, that's also something that I think the industry has to pay attention to. Clearly, the exclusive model of buying from an agent who knows everything about the product, who's had a long-standing relationship with an insurance company, that continues to erode. And I think this report actually shows an acceleration of that erosion, which I think is significant.
1: One of the things that hyper-personalization is going to do is it is going to reduce the concept of insurance as a commodity product because most people, even now, will shop around insurance purely on price. But if you can offer me as an insurer, if you can offer me a product that is personalized to me, then I may well be prepared to pay a premium for that product.
0: Yeah, I I would agree with that. I think that there's aspects of, you know, the report talks about different types of customers. So it talks about pioneers and experimenters and followers. And it says that there's, there is a segment, the followers in particular, that is entirely focused on price. But it also shows that there are other segments where price is not the driving factor. It's much more about the product fit, the tailoring, and all of the, all of the things that, that you describe. And frankly, as we contemplate, you know, the, the COVID scenario and, and the, the ways in which an unexpected event, even an uncontemplated event, has had, had yeah. wide ranging impact on people's lives, that the market opportunity for a product that actually <laughs> addresses the new risks the new worries of the you know 21st century world that can be personalized to your particular situation in that world you know if you're a gig economy worker for example are there ways of getting coverage that actually make up for what a traditional employer might provide that opportunity is absolutely there and very different from a pure commodity this type of insurance for this price
1: if we can take a step back from the the business experience between the customer and the insurer and and just look at some of the technology that's involved, what does it take to provide this kind of service to a customer? Um, What kind of ecosystem and how vulnerable, going back to that point, are insurance companies as they currently exist to new competition?
0: Well, I think that if there's one word in terms of where mastery needs to come, it's it's data. So in order for personalization to, to actually work, in order for these kinds of tailored products to actually operate, they're fueled by data, data that helps to price them and data that provides the, the level of customer understanding that you need to create that interaction. So if you think of, you know, the Amazons of the world, the entire interaction with Amazon is driven by deep mining of vast amounts of data, and that's what creates a personalized experience. Insurance companies are traditionally bad at that. And so building up those capabilities can be driven through ecosystem, ecosystem partners. We work with a large insure tech and data ecosystem Of companies that are providing new better types of information to insurers and other and other market participants and then it's also the internal capability to do the analytics to consume the data and embracing those capabilities i think are the key to the future
1: i think you're absolutely right because if an insurance company does not embrace those capabilities somebody else will And we'll take their business away from them, won't they?
0: That's the concern from an industry perspective about the big tech players. They traditionally have all of those data capabilities. The areas where where they typically don't have the experience is obviously in dealing with the, the regulatory environment and all the jurisdictions that insurance has to operate, in dealing with the capital requirements that you need to actually operate insurance at scale. But they're obviously huge companies. And... Overcoming those challenges is not inconceivable.